The spin is supported by NatWest. Why? Because NatWest loves cricket. The skills it teaches and the communities it creates and want it to be easy for everyone to get involved. To find out about how NatWest is helping make cricket open to all, search NatWest Cricket. It's the spin! Before the guests get here, can I just say thank you for all your lovely messages uh, which you've been sending us to our email address. We have been reading them in the office and it's just lovely to hear people engaging with us and sending us really good questions. Some lovely tweets as well. We picked up one of the questions. We're going to be discussing it later. So thank you so much for that. Please stay in touch with us. And also, can I say thank you very much to my hairdresser, Claire, who actually wheeled a trolley with my laptop on so that I could watch the opening game while I was having my hair shampooed yesterday um, and I didn't miss a single ball. Wherever you've been watching it, we're going to be talking about that game later and I just can't wait. So let's get on with the show. It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the spin! Welcome to The Spin. On today's episode, we'll discuss the opening match of the ICC World Cup. One came in and Ben Stokes already has one clawed hand on the trophy. As the possible new team names for the 100 tournament leak out into the public domain, we'll be suggesting our own and asking for yours. And we'll reveal our completely unofficial World Cup song. Product warning, contains no lightning seeds. It's the spin! I'm Emma John. This is a spin. It's a cricket podcast. So if you've downloaded it hoping for political insight, cycling chat or discussion of vinyl records, I'm afraid you've come to the wrong place. They're just a bit further down the hallway. The question you're all asking is, who's round our oval table today? Well, let me tell you. Standing in for Ben Stokes on the extra cover boundary, we have Tom Davies from the Guardian sports team. At third man, comedian James Sherwood returns to the first team. At fine leg, we have Rakesh Patel, founder of the Indian Supporters Club, the Barrett Army, and one of only a handful of eyewitnesses to the World Cup opening ceremony. Mike Atherton's chair at Long On is still empty, and I am, once again, down at Cow Corner. Sorry to everyone who didn't make the squad, but stay fit, and if any of our panel get injured, you might still get the call. The England team like to play football to warm up, so with apologies to Johnny Bairstow, we're going to do the same today. Before we discuss what's happened in the World Cup so far, guests... Who do you think will win the Champions League final on Saturday? Tom, as as our Guardian sports analyst, you're the person likely to get this right. I think Liverpool 2-1. And will that make you happy? Kind of, I'm a Leighton Orient fan, so I'm very um, neutral indeed on this. I mean, both sets of fans will crow unbearably through the summer, uh, whoever wins. But it's, it's a sort of novelty value to both of them winning trophies as well, so neither of them have much lately. So, um, yeah, it should be good. What's your prediction, James? Uh, as long as it's not Charlton, it shouldn't affect parking near me. <laughs> so, um, at the end of the day, uh, football will be the winner. Um, no idea. No idea. I, I follow football a tiny amount and exclusively on the radio, which means I don't know what anybody looks like and I don't know how to spell any names. The other day, I saw the word Aspilicueta. I could not believe it. I'd heard it for years, but wow, that's a terrific name. <laughs> Rakesh, do you have any feelings about the football? I'm a 23-year-old season ticket holder at Old Trafford uh, in the Stratford end. So I absolutely have an opinion about this match uh, tomorrow. And um, I couldn't think of anything worse than Liverpool winning the Champions League. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I mean, personally, I'm really hoping Liverpool win because my mum is a massive Liverpool fan and I just want my dad to have a nice weekend. I don't know what the Football Weekly team are going to be making of these uh, predictions and our punditry. If they're listening, perhaps they'd like to predict the Cricket World Cup winners for us. I don't think they'll be very scared by our standard of <laughs> football punditry, or mine at least. Their jobs are safe. <laughs> Now let's put that football away and get back to the important stuff. The Cricket World Cup is up and running and what an opening game it was for England. Looking at the results, it seems like England won easily, but that wasn't how it felt, was it, Tom? No, I thought it was just quite a few spells during the game where you kind of thought this is England is struggling a bit here and South Africa were looking... You know, South Africa were good in the field. I thought they bowled well. They had quite a lot of variety. Um, and then when they were batting, when de Kock was in, you kind of thought this could be quite nervy. Um, but England are very good at, once they get on top, staying on top. And, and that proved the case yesterday. And obviously we had Archer and Stokes sort of sprinkled some stardust on it, really. And that, you know, made it an almost perfect start, really. Well, you say almost a perfect <laughs> start, but actually, Johnny Bairstow gets out second ball of the, of the entire World Cup for a golden duck. It felt like a terrible start, James. But, well, yeah, but it, it does mean that the people who've tuned in slightly late didn't have to experience that. It's good. It's good. I mean, you don't want to be out in about the third over because everyone's listening by then. I mean, obviously, you, you felt like your world was ending, but <laughs> for, for, for a lot of people, it was just priced in from the moment they... they oh, we're one down. Oh, yeah, OK. Who's playing? Doesn't matter. But the whole, I thought the whole of the England batting innings was a little bit like that, because every time it felt like we're getting somewhere, people would come in, score 50s, Jason Roy, Joe Root, Owen Morgan, 50 yeah. and out. That was what was happening. I mean, it, every time I started to feel like this is going OK, something went horribly wrong. I think it says a lot about the character of this England side and how it's being built over the last couple of years that you know you could get a couple of players who get themselves in get out but you still got a couple of other batsmen lower down the order that can actually do the job for the side and I think that's why England are favourites you know they're bat really deep um, they've got multiple all-rounders in the side and I think that's why they're but for a lot of people they're the favourites for the World Cup England completely failed to fire and none of the individual batsmen really got you know obviously no one got 100 no big scores yeah, and Butler had, and Murray missed out completely yeah. and we ended up with 311 and won by more than 100 mm. I mean it's it shows we do have a bit of strength to spare well the funny thing is that just nowadays 311 doesn't seem like that many runs I, I really felt oh that's going to be a difficult one to defend it's a tricky pitch actually it wasn't I mean it wasn't like Trent Bridge which looks already you know like somewhere that you can score huge ruts totals on having said that Pakistan probably all out for 150 by the time I finish um, but it was actually it was a bit sluggish and you know it wasn't coming onto the bat as easily as you might have expected so we probably should have priced that in and said oh 311 actually is, is a pretty good score given and those particular conditions I noticed because they now interview the captains at the halfway point which I mean, it seems like a terrible idea to me because why, as a captain, would you want to be commenting on what's just gone? If Joe Root starts telling the public, this is what the wicket's doing, and I'm sort of shouting at the screen, <laughs> stop telling the South Africans what the wicket's doing. Well, maybe the South Africans promised they'd only watch the highlights. <laughs> ben Stokes, we've got to talk about that catch. Do we think he caught the World Cup? Oh, yeah, it's, it's unlosable from here. Um, the, the thing that occurred to me from Stokes' catch and from an excellent South African catch that one of you will remember who it was, fielders are now taking deep catches like their close catches. If you did that at gully, you'd think, that's fantastic. Whereas if you do it on the boundary, you think, that's immortal. It's like the techniques have transferred from the from the close catches to just anywhere on the field. It also gave the World Cup its first bit of um, viral content, which is kind of the thing at the moment within about 10 minutes you know it was all over kind of social media that catch being replayed and I first heard about that catch on and not even from, on Twitter but not from a tweet from a headline on Twitter telling me best catch ever 
absolutely. It was uh, 100%. We've been talking about how do we get people into this World Cup and trying to think of like little gimmicky ways we can do it. Turns out, just show them an incredible piece of cricket. And now cricket is on all the front pages today. But more importantly, it is in people's inboxes and Twitter feeds and everything else. Isn't that weird that the best thing about cricket is when cricket's brilliant? Who knew? Yeah. (laughs) Rakesh, were there moments that stood out for you in that game? The crowd reaction when the cameras slowed the catch down in the background, which I thought was just brilliant. You just saw different emotions from the South African fans that were in the background and the England fans. You get get different versions of what the excitement looked like for them. But I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great catch. It was a great way to start the tournament. Like you said, a a good bit of marketing for the ICC to put out there. Um, But yeah, I thought it was great. And uh, Stokesy just had a, a, a brilliant day didn't he I think he didn't do anything wrong yesterday so um. it's amazing we have also been talking about how he's been having a real quiet time recently we've been sort of saying oh he's a bit off the boil he turns out he just you know hadn't turned the gas on or whatever and but then that would include the first half of his innings I mean, he he didn't... Yeah, Morgan was outscoring him and outplaying him, really, at that point. Morgan was playing the nice shots. Can I just say, I love how calm Morgan always is under pressure. And I love the fact that when he came in... I mean, admittedly, we were 107 for two. It It wasn't a terrible situation. But he just, he was smiling as he walked in. He kind of had a kind of saunter about him. I thought, this guy is so cool. And then I think he like creamed his second ball through the covers. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was, he was played some beautiful shots from the start, really. And yeah, as you said, Stokes took a while to get going. But that's the kind of the new Stokes, isn't it? He's been outboxed off his by some of the other big hitters in yeah. the team. You kind of go expecting like Roy and Bairstow and Butler to be the ones that are, are smacking it everywhere. And Stokes is kind of almost a metronomic backing rhythm, so... Poor Butler. Did he have a... Do you think the hype got to him? I mean, he did not have a good game. He scored 18 and then he... Yeah, dropped. I thought he dropped a second, actually. I thought there were a couple of drops in there. And then there was that moment, wasn't there, when he he made that slightly desperate appeal for a stumping against de Kock off mowing. There was no way that was ever a stumping and you just felt like he'd had such a bad run up till then. He was just going to go for it and desperately hope it came off. Yeah, if you're a magic player, maybe eventually you just... Oh, surely that was magic as well, wasn't it? Oh, no, I'm ordinary today. Oh, OK. Next match. Yeah. Don't worry about Jossie. He'll come. Do we have any thoughts on South Africa? Um, Rakesh, they're India's first opponent. Yeah, it's not great that they lost. Bear in mind, we're going to have to play them. I think it's their third match we play them, actually. So they'll probably have a bit of um, cricket in the, in the tournament before we actually face them and, and we've never done great in Southampton if I'm honest with you I think the weather doesn't suit us uh, by all accounts it's not looking too good in terms of weather I've cold there the Indians don't like the cold um, and South Africa should be fairly warmed up you know and um, having lost their first match you know you never know what's going to happen now so I think it'd be a good start for India in terms of playing someone like South Africa hopefully if they can get a win that sets the tone for the rest of the tournament for us. I thought it was interesting just to come back to England once more that what was exciting about yesterday's game was that they basically won a game with the ball there's been so much hype around their batting and it was actually in hindsight even though I found it difficult to watch at the time it was actually good to watch them in a situation where they had to defend a, a total that South Africa at times looked like they might be able to knock off quite comfortably the game needs that as well I think there's the worry about 50 over cricket at the moment is that it's too one-sided but, you know, that bat is well on top of ball and that's kind of pitches are being prepared for that purpose so it's actually really, really quite refreshing to see bowlers pretty much be the stars yesterday I mean Archer if it wasn't for the Stokes catch we'd all be talking about Archer I think as our headline performer because he was you know he really brought something different to the team it's echoes almost of like when Peterson arrived on the scene 
amid similar debates about nationality and all the rest of it in 2005 and just basically from the moment he got in the team his place was never in doubt and it seems like that with Archer as well where people are going are we sure we should pick him and upset the equilibrium of the team and all that and it's now almost first name on the team sheet. Yeah. Yeah. And a marvellously bloodthirsty detail in, in today's Guardian where, where ball of the day was the one that smacked Pashi Mamler on the bonds. I thought I thought that, that was a bit harsh from the Guardian. Harmison to Ponting now, isn't it, in, in 2005 to bring up that echo again. Yeah, laying down the marker. This is what's coming for you, folks. <laughs> yeah, OK. Uh, what do we think? Will there be any changes for the England team uh, for the game against Pakistan at Trent Bridge on Monday? I would think not, probably. I mean, there is a sort of the Wood situation whether he's notoriously flaky fitness uh, whether that is a factor but I would have thought there's no one that's really you know merited being uh, dropped I mean you don't drop people after one game these days anyway but it looked like a pretty balanced side really so I would say same again oh I mean leave out Josh Butler surely <laughs> yeah rubbish <laughs> rubbish it's the spin so now that we're commissioning a statue of Ben Stokes in full flight taking that catch, uh, we need a place to put it. We're better than them all. England exploded into the tournament yesterday, but if you were looking for a damp squib, then that's the place you had to look on Wednesday afternoon at the World Cup opening ceremony, which have traditionally been abject affairs. And this one, I think, lived down to expectation, despite being held in front of Buckingham Palace, despite the fact that supposedly it was oversubscribed and you couldn't get a ticket to get in. Well... Hardly anyone showed up because of the rain and the drone shots showed an almost empty mall. Panel, I'd like to ask what your feedback form to the organisers would say. Rakesh, you were there with yeah. the Barrett Army. Yeah. Was it any better in the flesh than it was on TV? Well, it was quite windy, quite cold and very wet. So <laughs> it didn't live up to expectation, let's just say that. Um, look, I think it had the potential to be a really good event, I think. you know, um, They had Rudimental perform uh, the World Cup song and another song and unfortunately because of the rain I think it just didn't live up to expectation I think and I think a lot of people that were planning on coming didn't attend I think in the end they just drafted in a few people that were hanging around to sort of fill in the numbers so some, tourists some tourists who perhaps, come yeah. to see the palace but it's a shame you know I think because I think it, the idea was fantastic to have an opening ceremony at the mall and the captains all came on stage which I thought was great but very quickly got off stage because it was raining so they were only there for about literally 30 seconds Fafty uh, Plessy was wearing a scarf I know he was he was yeah um, it wasn't great I have to be honest yeah it, it seems a shame, doesn't it, that we kind of know that opening ceremonies are often going to get rained on in this country, but we still build them around fireworks, which look terrible in the rain. <laughs> Could you just end up with plumes of smoke? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult task putting on something like that. But, I mean, to be fair to the organisers, it struck me as the worst event in the history of humanity. <laughs> it, it, I, I watched an 18-minute version of it on YouTube. How, how long did it the whole thing actually last um, it was a couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> well actually what went on TV was an hour I think wasn't it 60 minutes um, I thought it yes there yeah. was about an hour on telly but I thought that it actually lasted longer what was good about it was they got a lot of fans to engage with each other they had you know, fans from all over, all over the world different countries uh, representing and, and that was good you know they had fans engaging with each other having a good chat together I'm not sure how much of that was captured on TV but that was good they had some legends play cricket in, in, a, in a one over you know match so to speak and, and that was good that was good for the crowd this, that was there this was the famous game of Creo, which comes with three eyes in it. I mean, I think it's three. It could be four. It could be five. Creo. Creo. I hope they've they've registered as the website address 
it spelt with every possible combination of eyes. <laughs> and was that the game that Malala Yousafzai and Viv Richards and various other top celebrities were? That was the game they were playing, was it? Creole. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I was only watching it, so and you I lose London understand as well as gaming. There's all kinds of weird rules. It's probably hundred yeah, esque. I have to say, David Boone's explanation of the scoring system did not actually achieve the goal of making cricket feel any more accessible or penetrable yeah. to people who didn't know it's about it. It's sort of part of the problem now, I think, with the, having a ceremony away from the actual grounds itself, not having it before a match, is kind of part of cricket's problem in terms of it's trying to be something it isn't and trying to sort of sell itself as not a cricket event almost. It's like, it's like cricket is, is the geeky kid trying to be in with the cool kids and that's what the 100 seems to be about. It's what kind of getting celebrities along to these events is all about and someone needs to take it aside and say, it's okay to be the geeky kid. You know, you're beautiful in your own right. Because <laughs> <laughs> out, out of David Boone's mouth were coming the rules of the game, but from his eyes, it was just, they're paying me really quite well to be there. <laughs> Rakesh, being there, was that the moment that got you into the World Cup, do you think? Was, that, was, it, was this a moment that, you know, you suddenly felt the full excitement of yeah. the event? Yeah. Uh, uh. I think what we did after probably did when we went headed down the pub <laughs> got together yeah where we were out of the rain but no look I thought I thought it was um I thought it was a shame like I said that it rained but I thought it was great that we had you know um, all the fan groups there representing um it was just a shame that it wasn't didn't live up to the hype I think yeah Get you can send us an email to the spin at theguardian.com. This is a great question that dropped into our inbox after the last episode. If this World Cup turns out to be its best edition, with innumerable thrillers and the tightest title race seen so far, will you support ICC's decision of having just 10 teams in the tournament? Or would you still prefer a World Cup with more teams, even if it's a compromise on sustained quality, considering it includes more of the titular world? Thank you, Abijato, for that question. Absolutely fantastic. Something that we have definitely been talking about amongst ourselves. So I'm going to put that one to the panel. Tom, what do you think about there only being 10 teams in this I still think it, no matter what, it should be a bit bigger. 12 or or 16 is, you know... Obviously, people talk about the 2007 tournament, which seems to have been the current format seems to be a reaction against that. But I think it is a World Cup, so I think you do need to have... Um, more associate nations in more developing you know cricketing nations and also because you just need an upset you need a World Cup needs some crazy stuff to I happen. totally agree where is the joy of a knockout tournament if nobody gets knocked out James absolutely I mean it's a, a very good question from the emailer but the thing is you can do both can't you it's not an either or the early it's the same as a football World Cup the early stages are to watch the minnows play the big sides and occasionally something surprising happens and occasionally you know a great side gets a chance to score eight or whatever and it's the same if we watch this one and it was thrilling and brilliant then a different world cup with 16 sides in it would still be in the same way thrilling and brilliant in the latter stages it's not it's not it's an not either or yeah just to explain for anyone who is tuning in for their first world cup the icc has tried numerous formats since the tournament began and it's always been a place where countries or teams who don't get to play test cricket normally are able to compete. There was East Africa in the very first tournament in 1975. Uh, Sri Lanka, obviously, that was their their springboard into becoming a test nation. The Netherlands, Scotland, United Arab Emirates. Um, there have been lots of different teams have competed in the World Cup. Rakesh, are there any teams that you think should be playing this year who aren't? Well, I think if you look at the qualification process and some of the teams that just narrowly missed out, I think there were some really good quality teams. I think it was in Zimbabwe, wasn't it, the qualification yeah. tournament? And I remember watching it and thinking, look, any one of these sides probably could have given any of the test playing nations a pretty good game, you know. 
So, so look, my, my view is there's that I think ICC need to get clear in their heads as to what it is that they're trying to do with the game. You know, do they want to encourage the non-test playing nations to partake in the biggest tournaments in the world and actually use it, as you said, as a springboard for cricket in their country, um, which I think there's a lot of value in, you know, first of all, and seeing what's happened in the past for other countries as well. Um, but they've got to get that balance correct in terms of what they want. It's, you know? it's been a springboard for Ireland as well, actually, and I think they're, they're a notable absence from such a nearby tournament. I mean, in 2007 and 11, they pulled off stunning shocks. I mean, their, mm. their run chase against England was, was one of the great games of that World Cup. They're one of their example of the sort of team that are missing this year. Absolutely. Yeah. feels brutal they're not in it. They In the past three World Cups, they've beaten Pakistan, England and West Indies. And mm. they played, yeah, like you say, they played their first test matches this year. How are they not here? And if you had 16 sides in then obviously you would much more chance of having the wonderful stories like you've had around uh, Afghanistan in recent years and, and so on and these sort of countries where I mean Afghanistan you've got to say where not a load of marvellous things have been happening but one marvellous thing that's happened to that country is the cricket side mm. equally if the ICC said right four years time 16 teams definitely agreed then I just think America and China are going to think well we might get in that and then suddenly you've got an audience you've got a large global audience currently and suddenly you've doubled it yeah and the ICC are chasing that American audience like crazy I mean you would think it's an obvious one for them especially since the USA actually I think it was last week they just announced their first T20 tournament that's going to be happening in that country so they are getting ready to take off with cricket I think, like I said, I think there's, there's a balance has to be created. In 2003, Kenya got to the World Cup semi-final in South Africa and where is their cricket right now? You know, you know, UAE have played in the World Cup finals in the past and where is their cricket right now? So I think, you know, the ICC have to create a balance where, you know, the, the country's cricket develops at the right rate and then create a balance where they get the right number of developing nations into the tournament as well. Otherwise, you get this kind of unbalance where, t- you know, you get a country in it for four years and suddenly their cricket disappears so I think it's got to grow as the game grows in that country and, so, and ICC have to support that growth you know how they do that whether it's through T20 cricket you know which is another route potentially to give those countries that exposure I'm not sure it's interesting there's a lot of commentators saying they actually really like this format because it makes it fairer you're more likely to get the best team in the world winning the World Cup when there aren't going to be these kind of out of the blue upsets um, and there aren't you know so many games that other factors are going to come into play but then again I just think who needs the World Cup to be fair if you want a fair representation of who the best side is you look at the ODI league table and you look at the test league table and that's what those things are for I mean you want events you want knockouts I mean I mean to sorry to drag football back into it but if you think of something like the Champions League which has these interminable group stages which never everyone forgets the games really then the last few weeks we've had these sensational knockout matches and and the, the key thing that makes them dramatic is the kind of now or bust element you know you it's unthinkable right it's like what happened in 2007 when um, if the tournament is, is in two stages or three stages even where India lost to Sri Lanka and Bangladesh and went home packing mm. after only beating Bermuda and that was a disaster for the ICC that you know when all the fans we had over a thousand fans land in Barbados to watch Ireland versus Bangladesh I think it was right <laughs> so, so I think that's what they're trying to avoid with this format so final question how many teams do each of you think should be in the World Cup Rakesh I like this format. I'm happy with 10. Interesting. James? Uh, 16, because it's two to the power of something. I hadn't really thought about it in mathematically in quite the same way, but 16, I'd say, as well, um, just for the unpredictability and the kind of a sense of occasion that you get from having minnows potentially trying to have a go at the big boys. Four. It's, it's two to the four. <laughs> 
thought you were saying four teams in the World Cup. <laughs> yes, uh, England, uh, Essex, <laughs> uh, Colchester, and Kent seconds. Who do you think should be in the World Cup, and what else do you think we should be doing to make this tournament exciting? We'd love to hear from you. We'll be here throughout the summer, and if you want to comment on or contribute to the podcast, you can email us at thespin at theguardian.com. Still to come, we're about to unveil our unofficial World Cup song. Available nowhere. Googlies? Slog sweeps? Dibbly dobbly bowlers? There are lots of reasons kids like cricket. It's fun to say, fun to play. It also keeps them moving, gets them talking and helps them focus. Which is why NatWest thinks everyone should have a chance to play. It partners with Chance to Shine, a cricket charity bringing the game to schools and communities across the country to give young people new skills, new experiences and more chances to use silly words. From the school kids turned brilliant bowlers to the city tape ball teams, NatWest has paired up with The Guardian Labs to tell more stories of making cricket a game for all. Read them at theguardian.com forward slash NatWest cricket. This message was paid for by NatWest. This is The Spin, the brand new cricket podcast from The Guardian. I'm Emma John and my guests are Tom Davies, James Sherwood and Rakesh Patel of the Indian Barrett Army. So the ECB have registered this week trademarks for six of the eight teams playing in next year's inaugural Hundreds Tournament. Tournament we may already have spoken a little about on this podcast. It's a pretty hot topic. Here are the names of the teams. London Spirit, Birmingham Phoenix, Leeds Superchargers, Welsh Fire, Southern Brave and Trent Rockets. I just read those out in my best final score voice, I think. Um, There have been a few raised eyebrows at some of these. Personally, I actually think they're great. London Spirit sounds like a fantastic craft gin company, and I can't wait to try their G&Ts. Birmingham Phoenix, amazing. If they don't market those evening games as Phoenix Nights, then really they have to just stop paying the marketing people. This does mean they still need names for the second London club that will play out of the Oval, and also they need a team name for the Manchester. Manchester team. Panel, can we help them out with some suggestions? Rakesh, have you got any thoughts on this? Well, I'm a Manchester United fan, so mine would be Manchester United. (laughs) (laughs) Save you buying another shirt, wouldn't it? It would save you buying another shirt. We actually, we had a thought about whether Manchester Unity might be a good name because, you know, then you're combining United and City, but would that be too painful for you? Yeah, not (laughs) not something I want to get into now. (laughs) James, have you got any team names you'd like to see? Well, if the one at Lords is London Spirit, then maybe the one at the Oval should be London Mixer or <laughs> London Ice and Lemon. Uh, if the Leeds one is the Leeds Superchargers, then maybe it should be the Manchester External Hard Drives. <laughs> um, London Gas Holders for uh, uh, for the Oval. I think maybe London should parody itself a bit with another name, like the London Elite or the London Metropolitan Elite or um, London House Prices or... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, London prices. That would be that would be a great name. The other thing which slightly irks is just a pedantic sub-editor in me. It's like some of the teams have got plural names, some of them have got singular names. That's that's just <laughs> just nags at me a little bit. But then well, what is the plural of Phoenix? Phoenixes? Phoenix? 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 Phoen
Birmingham Phoenix, actually, I've spent a bit of time in America recently. And when I saw Birmingham Phoenix, I was like, that's a flight route. That's somebody taking a plane from Alabama to Arizona. Arizona, Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, I've got another good idea for a name for a side base at the Oval. Surrey. How about Surrey? Uh, as a much more mod- because all these names they're quite sort of 80s marketing aren't they it's all sort of when everything it was sort of glossy people like real brands now something that you feel like you can touch and something so I think Surrey would be a good name I think if we're going for real then how about either Manchester Drizzle or Northern Grit oh Northern Grit's good we've got all summer to decide this name so let's throw this one over to the listeners please email us in with your thoughts for these new team names thespin at theguardian.com on to more silliness. A couple of episodes ago, we asked if it was time to stop making World Cup songs, mainly because we listened to some. But James promised us that it was possible to capture the spirit of English cricket in a ballad, and we're going to find out how he got on in a moment. But first, Rakesh, the Barrett Army, have their own song for this World Cup campaign. We do, yeah. yeah we, um, I reached out to a friend of mine who, who's got his own label. Uh, I said, look, with World Cup coming to England, I think it'd be a great idea to make a World Cup song. And um, he managed to find an up-and-coming artist um, who actually was uh, moving from Sydney to England, a young girl, 16-year-old, called uh, Selena Sharma, who actually is the daughter of a well-known uh, cricket back manufacturer, Spartan Cricket, uh, Kunal Sharma. So randomly, he already got interest in cricket, uh, and um, she's got a phenomenal voice. And um, she got signed a couple of weeks ago by Virgin EMI, so, so one of the biggest labels in the UK, and they're helping us uh, take the song, hopefully viral. She has got a great voice. We can have a listen to it now, actually. I really like that. It's got a great uplifting feel to it, which yes. is probably not what you would get from a Barmy Army song. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'd say it's better than what the Barmy Army could record, I should think. Uh, I can imagine my daughter who does street dancing, kind of dancing along and trying to do a kind of bit of a routine to that it's a yeah, accomplished piece of work well done Thank and it's, you. it sounded very positive uh, lyrically as well which is I mean is one way to go <laughs> <laughs> yes James we gave you the task of writing something so how did you get on yeah well I, I sort of tried to appeal to that bit of the cricket fans mind that is always there and is always one of those voices on the shoulder one of them we've heard a lot of this sort of oh we could win this that's the one voice and I, I went with the other one <laughs> Can we please listen to it? Why not? We'll screw it up, we'll screw it up, we will screw up the whole world cup. We'll screw it up, we'll screw it up, we will screw up the whole world cup. Everyone's convinced that it is England's year this year. We're favourites, we don't need to worry anymore. We'll screw it up, we'll screw Forgive me if I slightly beg to differ on this one Cause I've seen one or two World Cups before So I know No one wants to fail but still One time somehow someone will I still find it hard to sleep When I think of Gatting's River Sweep We can snatch defeat from out the jaws of victory Cause every England player looks like Graham Hick to me Track, track, bully We'll screw it up, we'll screw it up We will screw up the whole world cup 
the players and the teams on brilliant form So you'd have to say on balance that's a plus We'll screw it up when we'll I hear someone has to win it Yes, of course, I know that's true But believe me, that someone just won't be us Cause I know no one wants to fail But still, one time somehow someone will One year we had it on up late Till we checked out boycott strike rate We will fail again Because I fervently believe That Ben Stokes can be mutated in Dermot Reeve Bits and pieces Morgan, Butler, Root and Stokes Archer, Wood, Rashid and Wokes Bairstow, Ali, Plunkett, Roy Vince Dawson and the older Curran boy Morgan, we'll screw it up. Root and we'll Stokes screw it up. Archer, we Wood, Rashid and Wokes Maybe England now will prove me wrong, quite possibly. So how's that for a bit of nice reverse psychology? We'll screw it up, we'll screw it up, we'll screw it up, we'll screw it up. Fantastic. James, so enjoyable. Who was that mellifluous backing vocalist that we heard there? Well, I can tell the world it was in fact you, Emma. <laughs> Recorded five minutes before we did this podcast. I'm very much looking forward to the charity music video that's going to have Ronnie Arani on guitar, Ravi Bapara on keys and Michael Yardy on bass. That's my earworm for the day anyway. The one low point of yesterday was them playing a sort of adapted version for Football's Coming Home as the game finished. That's that's cricket being lacking its self-confidence again. It's like, why are they doing that? Why are we appropriating a song that isn't about us? But now... Yeah, because that is such a self-confident song that James has written. Exactly. The original three lines is very self-deprecating as well, so I think it's, you know... Yeah. I mean, Rakesh, as somebody who has just actually released a a song, what do you you make (laughs) of... Hang on, I've actually released that. (laughs) Rakesh, did you enjoy that? Yeah, I mean, it it was catchy, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I was after. That's all I was after. That's Uh, the highest praise. That's it for this episode. We will be back after the England versus Pakistan game next week when Vic Marks and comedian Charlie Baker will be among my guests. To make sure you don't miss that or any of the episodes to come, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, thank you to our guests, Tom Davies, James Sherwood, composer James Sherwood, and Rakesh Patel. And we'll be back with you soon, uh, just as soon as our song has gone to number one. Exactly. It's going to be a musical summer, folks. See you next time. It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the Spin! The Spin is supported by NatWest. To find out about how NatWest is making it easier for everyone to get involved in cricket, search NatWest Cricket.